You're listening to the Spandex Power Armor Podcast. Now with 20% less context. So, uh, this episode is going to be more fun, right? I can, I can be happy again, right? Nah. <laughs> this oh. is the episode where your hopes and dreams are crushed of the Godzilla movies that could have been. But I already went through school. I don't have any hopes or dreams left. <laughs> Aha! Yeah, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Uh, more fun this this episode, I promise. I'm going to be invested in what we're talking about. Oh, man. Yeah, so this episode we are doing um, cancelled Godzilla concepts. Not necessarily monsters they didn't make, although we will touch on those. We will touch on one of them, at least. He who will never be named... Uh, we're talking about a couple of films. Uh, most people will probably be familiar with at least one or two of them. Uh, it's a concept that I've been kind of tacitly interested in for a while. I haven't really delved too deep into it, and once I did, it's a pretty, I don't know, it's a pretty interesting wormhole you go down. You find a lot of the same names popping up every so often. How uh, how did you find looking stuff up for this episode? It wasn't too bad. I very strongly recall looking these up about a not. Over a decade ago now, actually. No, going no, through no, 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 Kingdom, don't, looking don't, don't at the say old the big D word. Ah, <laughs> oh, that place was my mecca when I was a little Godzilla fan. Man. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's good to see the site still there. I, I oh, really yeah. enjoyed looking at it, because they had mentions of old scripts, and they had mock-ups of what the monster designs could have been, and, you know, with some of these projects, they became part of actual released films, and in others, they were just condemned to stay on the cutting room floor. I'm right there with you with the uh, the whole nostalgia for Toho Kingdom. Before I could even get Godzilla DVDs, I was just devouring that website. I'd, I'd read it again and again and again. Just because I couldn't get... In the UK, if you want um, Godzilla DVDs, I hope you like Matthew Broderick. That's a lot of fish. Oh, stop it. Back then, there were only like two Godzilla films you could get over here. It was the 1998 one, or Godzilla vs. Kong. And they'd only trot that out whenever Universal wanted to cash in on something, like, like the Peter Jackson King Kong movie or something. Ooh, actually, there were some UK VHS releases of some of the Showa ones. It's really lovely because uh, my parents managed to track down a few of them. What have I got on VHS? I've got uh, Versus Megalon, I've got Destroy All Monsters, I think I've got Versus Gigan as well. And, it, yeah. Yeah, we were looking through some of those um, a little while ago. It's really cool because they all start out the same way with previews of the other films, and it's just really strange to see how they were distributed back in the day. Till DVD came along, I'd be happy with uh, getting more of those, but region locks, it's an absolute pain. Yeah, that's why I invested in a region-free Blu-ray player. That was expensive. It's fine. I've spent thousands on this really high-end gaming PC at the time. And, you know, all I need to do to watch some kaiju stuff is stick VLC on. That does not give a monkeys about region. Does your computer have a uh, Blu-ray drive? No, how dare you dash my hopes like that. Oh, fair enough. Just the, uh... I get a USB uh, one. Yeah, yeah, actually, that would be pretty good. Um, but yeah, no, uh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we we cannot we cannot keep track on anything, even if we enjoy the subject. Um, uh, well, why why beat around the bush? Let's get straight into it. This is probably the first 
kind of cancel Godzilla concept. It's the Volcano Monsters from 1957. This was an attempted Power Rangers-ing of Raids Again. <laughs> that I'm going to use that as a word from now on, Power Rangers-ing. Um, it was before it, Gigantus the Fire Monster, Gigantus the Fire Monstered. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they wanted... So a company called uh, ABPT Pictures, uh, two guys called Ib Melchior and Ed Watson. One of these people sounds like a villain in a fantasy RPG. I'm not going to lie, I really love the name Melchior, but it's the kind of thing you can't name yourself. You have to be named Melchior. Yeah, only then can you unlock the powers of the gem of darkness so you can conquer the world. <laughs> Sorry, Eb, I've got a few biases. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, these guys uh, went to Toho and they were like, yeah, um, you know that Godzilla movie you made? Pretty sick. Yeah, g please give us the footage for the next one. We don't want to adapt the movie. We just want to use the monster bits. And so Toho was like, yeah, do it. Because apparently they just really wanted to get their stuff out there, and they didn't really mind how it was gotten out there. So they were given the, they were even given the suits to shoot new footage. It really was like a Power Rangers ing. They got to do their own kind of Jew two thing for it. Unfortunately, then the company went defunct, and the costumes were lost to time. I really want to find out what happened to the Godzilla and Anguirus ones. I know that um, it was going to have nothing to do with either of them. It was just going to be, oh, yeah, they're related to a T-Rex and an Ankylodon. We just want a fighting monsters film. Yeah, it's... Oh, yeah, they, they even cut out um, scenes of Godzilla's beam as well. It, I mean, um, that's their prerogative. They had the legal right to do that, mm. I think, is a massive waste of resources though i mean obviously they never made it but the with a name like volcano monsters what do you expect you gotta have something I, that breathes fire i yeah no i i would expect something i would expect monsters that have the qualities of a volcano not ones that come from a volcano any monster can come from a volcano rodan comes from a volcano but he only got the qualities of a volcano in king of the monsters I would have been interested to see what kind of thing they do with those scenes, though, especially using the monster suits, because that's not really the way that dinosaurs were portrayed at the time. It was either stop motion or they dress up some lizards. You you know exactly what they were going to do with that suit. You you've seen fifties sci-fi movies from America, right? You know exactly oh, yeah. what you know exactly what they were going to do. The the basic premise is... How many is scantily clad women would have been screaming as they're held up by many, a dinosaur? Many, please. Uh, I'm sold. Uh, let's, let's get a Kickstarter for <laughs> that's, this. That's all I need. Sorry, uh, compelling characters, drama, nah. Nah. Uh, it's, it's like that guy from the beginning of Peter Jackson's King Kong. Where are the boobies? The gazangas? Just call me Melchior. Uh, yeah, no, the, 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 the plot is dead simple you got scientist man who finds some some monsters in a cave and they're like oh th these monsters are perfectly preserved and perhaps even alive L let's transport them across the sea to to america N nothing nothing bad could possibly come of this and then hijinks ensue and the the climax is basically ripped straight with well, the planned climax i should say they never made it uh, is ripped straight from raids again they, they just take the raids again climax and use it and it even has a sequel hook too apparently it was right at the very end you're going to see another claw come out of the cave this would have been absolutely fine as long as they made sure to film at a high frame rate but slow it down <laughs> to make them big rather than speed it up 
As in, yeah. we don't want kaiju fight scenes that you can sync with yakety sacks. This is the only movie that does that. I don't understand why. I understand it was... I mean, fine. It, it makes it distinct. I remember the Raids Again fight scenes, I guess. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it, Volcano Monsters was... In fact, I think this is something we should do for each cancelled concept. What we think of it. Uh, for Volcano Monsters... I prefer Raids Again. And if we got Volcano Monsters, I think it would be just, like I said, a waste. I could watch countless other B-movie American sci-fi 50s movies and get a much better experience from it. The only appeal it would have to me is that it uses Godzilla footage. I wouldn't have minded it at all. I would have thought of it as a bit of trivia. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Maybe some fans would have been like, did you know there was a film made using the Godzilla props? It's a bit like um, Ultraman using the Baragon suits. Why must you make me look like a hypocrite? I like the fact that they use the Baragon suits and the Godzilla suits at Ultraman. Why must you always undermine me? <laughs> Such as the power of Melchior. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, um, I, I, I wouldn't have hated it. But uh, just just dub it, just dub it over, make it, yeah, rename it something like Gigantus the Fire Monster and bring it over. Kaching. All in all, I could say that, you know, Volcano Monsters is just a load of banana oil. <laughs> oh, See, please I'm, explain I'm, I'm that uh, little gag to the audience who have not witnessed Raids again. I'm glad you remembered it. Um, there is a scene in the English dub of Raids again where the two romantic leads are basically just kind of discussing their concerns about Godzilla returning. And the guy basically just um, says, ah, banana oil! Um, because they had to match the lip flaps for, I think it's Bacchanal or something like that. He's basically calling her an idiot. Like, yeah, you, you dumb, stupid, feeble idiot. Why would you be concerned about a radioactive monster returning to the city he has already destroyed once? You fool. And so they had to replace that with... Uh, Banana oil, which is an outdated term, even by those standards, for just bull. <laughs> and it, it just tickles me. And I make sure whenever I have the opportunity to say banana oil, to say banana oil in honour of that minor scene from a movie that, in the grand scheme of things, not that many people have seen these days. How do you even get oil from a banana? Well, what you do is you squeeze it. And then you get that sort of mashed pulpy stuff, you say it's an essential oil, put it in a little bottle, and then you brainwash a bunch of Huns to sort of sell it to each other and then recruit each other, and you've got yourself a nice little banana oil pyramid scheme going on. I think uh, Gwyneth Paltrow sells that stuff, right next to the, uh, the pebbles you meant to shove up your uh, your lady bits. She sells those. That wasn't a joke. Well, that someone turned stop, terrifying. Someone stop um, this woman, please. This is going to be part of our other podcast where we'll try and get Gwyneth Paltrow in, featuring 20 things you can do with your vagina and 10 things that won't injure it. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, so next on the docket is one that I, until I looked into it a little bit more, did not believe was an actual thing. I just kind of thought it was one of those um, one of those urban legends you get in fandoms, you know? Uh, Batman versus Godzilla, 1966. So the um, this was kind of put forward by Shinichi Sekizawa, who was the screenwriter for Varan, Battle in Outer Space, Mothra, Mothra vs. Godzilla, Latitude Zero, and also, little tidbit, not that relevant, but he went to animation school with Osamu Tezuka. Oh, wow. I wonder wow. if they knew he was a furry back then. 
<laughs> yes, that's right. If you didn't know, Osamu Tezuka was the proto-furry. As if Baggy didn't yeah, tip you off. Uh, there was no script. Um, it never got past the, yeah, wouldn't it be cool stage of brainstorming. And DC probably wasn't even made aware of it at the time. And yet somehow in Toho Kingdom, it's got a couple of paragraphs on it over what basically could have been <laughs> the Shinichi and a bunch of dudes in a room, maybe passing a blunt around saying, hey guys, what about Batman versus Godzilla? You know, they all have a bit of a giggle. And little did they know that several decades down the line, someone would write this down on a web page as a planned Godzilla project, completely 100% serious. It, apparently the reason that they wanted to make this was because Godzilla vs. King Kong um, did well, and they're like, yeah, what else is American? <laughs> Batman. Yeah, I don't think Japan wants to fight America anymore. <laughs> they know what happened last time. They, yeah, oh, they, yeah, we all know. So the, the film would include Robin, Commissioner Gordon, and Batgirl. And interesting little, another little tidbit... This would have predated Barbara Gordon by a year. Batgirl Ooh. existed. Batgirl existed, but as a sidekick for Batwoman. Uh, both characters were introduced um, after the book Seduction of the Innocent, or Seduction of the Youth, I think it was the last one, was written about how Batman and Robin were totes gay, and that was really gross. And so uh, DC introduced Batgirl and Batwoman to prove that both um, Bruce and Dick, in fact, did not have the gays. They had a dire case hmm. of the not gays. So, were they were they designed as heterosexual foils for Bruce and Dick, the most heterosexual of names? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Dick just makes me laugh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. We've we've joked about uh, the reproductive parts of both sexes. Um, we're not sexist. Congratulations. We can we can we can exp we can say that now. Uh, yes, they were basically there to say, look, they're not gay. See? They're we women. Wrote them they're women. <laughs> oh, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Um it it's also incredibly gross since Robin was Batman's ward. He was his legal guardian. That's I, I, I can never remember the name of the guy who wrote The Seduction of the of the Youth or whatever. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's totally gay. That man who is taking taking care of this orphan is absolutely... We all... Uh, I don't think I'm Breach's Choir. The man we was proto-tumbler. You're going to keep shipping everything. Oh, man, look, yeah, no one... I don't think anyone agrees with this guy anymore except for weirdos who don't have internet access. But yeah, no, um, Barbara Gordon was not Batgirl, and I would assume that the, since yeah, Batwoman wasn't planned to be included in this, that they would have actually done the Batgirl character as codified by Barb before Barb, if they actually made this, which would have been amazing. Hmm. It also came out before the Adam West show, which I know a lot of people kind of assume that it would have just been Adam West Batman and Godzilla, but that this came out before that. So I would be... I mean, the only film version then of Batman before this would have been those old serials. Oh, and those were unironically camp. Oh, yeah. Those were... Those are weird. I've, I've watched all of them. Doesn't they, don't they have a really racist Japanese stereotype in one episode? Probably. This is coming Probably. from it was... that sort of era in comics and things. I mean, look at Captain Marvel initially. One of the main enemies was <sighs> oh, a Japanese no. guy called Nippo of Nagasaki. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about Just that. Just straight oh, no. up going in for the racist stereotypes right off the bat. 
Oh man, it's a good thing. It's a good thing we don't have that big of an audience, or we might get council fees saying that without censoring it. Oh my god, I forgot we about join it. the ranks of every other Godzilla film. <laughs> uh, I, to be honest, <laughs> prediction-wise, I'm thinking that would have been camp as hell. Not intentionally camp. It's just the way they would portray Batman with the budget at the time. It would look a little cheesy. It would look well, like a worse Japanese Spider-Man. If if they're um, actually, I think you're being a bit unfair there. I think. With the budget at the time that they were giving these Godzilla films, I think they could have done a pretty decent Batman suit. I would have been, I would have loved to see that. Um, but with the with the, the if if they're going off of the success of Godzilla versus King Kong, then I think they absolutely would have taken a more camp route because Godzilla versus Kong was a lot more comedic than the previous two films. Mm. So I think you're absolutely right on that point. Honestly, if, if they did do that, I mean, this is all supposition on our part. I think that might have even predicted the uh, the tone of the Adam West show as well. I mean, I want to live in this parallel world where they couldn't... Well, actually, wait, no, that would have... Hmm. I was about to say, I wish I could have lived in the parallel world where they didn't make the Adam West show because you know, Godzilla vs. Batman did that kind of thing first, but then we would have been deprived of Adam West... Look, his, we all want to live in an alternate gut. timeline. I want to live in the one where the coronavirus outbreak never happened, and, you know, my holiday wasn't cancelled. I should have been on the way to Disney World by the time of recording this. By the time this is released, I should have been to every theme park and, bunch of, and bought a bunch of t-shirts. Now, dear listeners, this is actual genuine salt you're hearing. This man is not joking. He, he was cooked out of his trip to Disneyland. Yeah, Disney World, my friend. I was oh, not come going on, to look, the magical I... place of Anaheim. I was going to the swamps of Orlando. I Anaheim, was... you mean those those greedy war profiteers who engineered the one year war? But ooh, <laughs> oh man, Gundam fan, I'm really gonna have to take you to Disneyland in California. Look, you could also go to that one business that gets all those Google reviews. Yeah, look, you can go to Epcot. I'm just wait, hang about. No, Epcot's in Florida. I don't care about Epcot's Disney in World. Florida, you filthy scrub. You've seen Disneyland. Yes, and I barely remember. I failed geography, so place names that I've not been to have absolutely no meaning to me. They may as well be in outer space for all I care. Somewhere somewhere imaginary, you know, like Florida. <laughs> no, no, Florida was born of our nightmares. It's a place full of gators <laughs> and terrifying swamp folk, but man, there are theme parks there and I want to go. Actually, tell you what, if I did go to Florida, I would quite like to try gator. They, they, they fry them down there, apparently. You can eat them. There's just something appealing about eating a reptile, you know, especially one that can kill you. I've n- I've never heard of people doing gator fries. Is this a thing in tourist no, no, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, or is it some no, redneck no, is, thing? Yeah, no. Apparently, it's like um, Florida, Florida, Floridian fluoride uh, cuisine that they'll <laughs> they'll fr- they'll fry up some gators. I don't know. If that was a Florida accent. I've never I have heard, I've never no. That that, I, that must not be a thing, really. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I know they make boots out of I the think, skin, but just a, a gator fry. Yeah, I think you can get um, alligator meat in, in tins. I think you can definitely get snake meat in tins. Great, I'm going to get all a things couple I want to cans eat. of snake meat once I manage to get over there. If, if you, I will pay you for those. They are probably disgusting, but I would like to try them. Speaking of snakes, I want to try the... You know in Asian countries where they do wine with snakes and baby mice in them? Mm, okay, I have I, I would not that. touch that at all, but I'd keep it somewhere. But I'm thinking, yeah, that's got that's got a dead animal floating in it. No, thank you. Is it is it for taste? Apparently so. Apparently the alcohol content neutralizes the venom. They um, put a venomous snake in something they drink? Oh, yeah. I think, as normally goes with 
traditional medicines. It's, I think it's also good for male virility. Ah, of course, yes, yes, yes. The ever-nebulous condition of male virility that can be solved with everything, as long as it's on the endangered animals list. Oh, what's that? Oh, yeah, look, Rhino, snake, rhinos, snake. <laughs> rhinos desperately need to be conserved and bred to you know, bump up the populations? Nah, let's kill them and grind their horns down so we can snort them and get our, get our rocks off. Why would you do look, that? Look, if it's shaped like a pee-pee... Then ah, it will be related used to, the to make medicine for the peepee. Yeah, you know, snakes, they're like giant long peepees with teeth. Rhinos have peepees growing on their faces. If it looks like a peepee, it must be good for the peepee. Now, what would I'm Freud a scientist. say about this? Actually, Freud wouldn't say anything. He'd just get coked up and just think about his mum a bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love how, uh, I think it was Jung who just got so sick of Freud's crap that he just went off and formed his own theory of psychology. Oh, Freud only did that because he was crap at hypnosis. As in, he was... <laughs> that's how free association came out. He just could not get anyone into trance. And so... Because normally what you do is you try and talk to them under trance, try and help to figure things out. But then he just was like, you know what, just talk, just talk about anything, I'll lead it. And yeah, that was successful. Because he was just... He just could not... <laughs> words. He just could not master Mesmer's magic. So he was he made his own form of psychiatry up with blackjack and hookers. Of course the man who goes by Hypnopotamus Rex would know this tidbit. Yeah, um I'll need to install a theremin every time I come up with some sort of hypnosis based reference. <laughs> no, the name Ooh. is just because, you know, I'm fat and I sleep a lot. We should get a theremin. Well I've got a talk box. Oh, you do. Yeah. You know, I can modulate my throat a little make it like a kind of thing. Yeah, it's pretty sick. We should uh, restart the BBC Radiophonic Workshop. <laughs> Milligan would be proud. I'll get a sock full of custard and slap it against the table. <laughs> oh, man alive. Um, yeah, I really want a theremin. The hell are we talking about again? Batman. Godzilla. Yes? Oh, yeah, Batman. Pulgasari. Batman versus Godzilla. Oh, no. No, 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 no. no. We, we're <laughs> still talking about Pulgasari, <laughs> and we got to go back to Yongari. Um... Uh, no. <laughs> Welcome to your hell loop. Uh, yeah, no, Batman vs. Godzilla. Would you want to watch that movie, Rex? Actually, I would be interested. I would say yes, as with... Well, <clears throat> while I'd watch the Volcano Monsters out of the sake of it being weird, I would... On I, on I, I think I'm... Good lord, my speech has failed me. I would unironically watch Batman vs. Godzilla and enjoy it. Like, little kid me would be like, oh my goodness, this is a film? I've got to watch this. <laughs> but as an adult, I guess I'd appreciate it. If it were an actual thing that were made that I only discovered last year, I'd be like, whoa, okay, that's bizarre, but that's really cool. It would be a really nice footnote in the history of Tokusatsu. I would not be against it at all. I, honestly, I'd want to watch it just to see what they'd give Batman to wear. I would love to see that kind of Toku Batman suit, you know? And obviously, it w probably wouldn't end up looking like anything from, like, you know, more traditional Toku heroes like Kamen Rider or anything like that. But it would be very interesting to see what um, they would do with those kind of sensibilities at the time. Would they give him, like, a tight cloth suit like they did with Super Sentai? Bat nipples. Uh, calm down, Schumacher. Uh, or would they give him more like a moulded uh, rubber suit like they did with Ultraman? Actually, I'm thinking about that now. Um, because... Have you ever seen some of the 
old black and white Ishinomori superhero films, like I swear quite a few of them are on MST3K, their, their names just escape me like Renegade Alien or something. They've got a very basic space hero kind of costume. I think they do something a bit like that. It's oh, easy to do I, on a budget. I think I know what you're talking and, about. Yeah, but with this kind of thing, you could easily tell it's Batman, but you can also tell that's a Japanese bloke and this is dubbed over. It's going to be on that level of things. It's going to be. It's going to look fine. I think they might do it with cloth, because otherwise they've got yeah. some really shiny material that would have been silly. Oh well, no, they could have done it more like Ultraman because Ultraman doesn't look particularly shiny. That might just be because he rolls around in sand for half his fights. Uh, I think a big. Reg- this is now a recurring joke. Rex having a stroke while recording. <laughs> um, no, I I'm going to argue against rubber because. What they would probably do is have Batman doing stunts. He would be, mm. in the very least, sprinting on camera. Or maybe a few ah, yes. flips and rolls. You need that it's kind a, of maneuverability. It's a well-known fact that no one can do stunts in rubber suits. Well, I just, well, for the sake of the stunt actor's health, I know that's not really a concern ever in Tokusatsu. <laughs> but now, something Rex, like cloth would be a little more breathable. It's important to me that you uh, review what you said and... Confirm to yourself that has no base in reality. You've seen what they put those poor suit actors through. <laughs> when did they finally start piping in oxygen? Uh, uh, nineteen ninety nine, Godzilla two thousand, Millennium. <laughs> no, they were, no, no. Actually, that's wrong. They weren't even piping in oxygen. There was an oxygen pipe in that. Ah, there was so a just, there was a straw. Air. There was a straw that they could breathe through. They, and I think that came out of the tail. So that's a long pipe. I think that might even be too long to properly draw fresh air through. At that point, it would just be a siphon for sweat. Ew. They'd have to hold their thumb over it, because every time they opened it up again, just a bunch of sweat would pour out of the tail. That must have been where the design for Shin Godzilla came from. Oh, man. Just like a really high-pressure stream of sweat. Oh, what was it, like a, like a cup like full of sweat they drain after every take on a Godzilla movie or something? <laughs> oh, man. I'd, I've been a watching... terrifying mental image. Oh, it is, it is. I, I was watching, I've been watching a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff, including the Gamera release, and they show a lot of, um, like, people getting in and out of the monster costumes, and those suits look like they are just impossible to clean. Those things must stink after, like, a, a filming session like that. Like these aren't suits that are made to be worn for comfort, or like you would for like a like a cosplay costume where you'd kind of take long term wearing into consideration. These things are worn for like half an hour at most for take, you know. Mm. And so the inside is very kind of bare bones ish. Like you'll have padding where the forehead goes against something or anything like that. But other than that, it's just gonna be. Oh god, it, it just must stink. Someone somewhere in the world really, really loves the idea of a big sweaty rubber kaiju suit. And oh, I'm terrified of those people. Stay away from me and stay away from Florida. Sickening. That is a genuinely sickening thought. But now that we've said it, it must be true, so this is the world we live in, folks. Thank Rex for that. I think something similar happened with um with Robocop. What's his name? Is it Peter Weller who played Robocop? Yeah. Yeah, oh, thank goodness. I love that movie. I can remember his name for a second there. He lost loads of weight. I think they filmed it in Arizona, and then he was just sweating his fat out because uh, they made the original Robocop suit out of partially aluminium. Uh, bleh, al- 
Aluminium. I know most Aha. of our viewers. I know Everyone's most of our listeners are American. Speech. They're going to mock me for saying it right. Oh, surely that weight loss was from water, so the body fat was still there, but you must have been so massively dehydrated. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, dude, dude was losing loads of weight. He, they, they, they fixed it in later. Well, I say later sequels. He didn't. He wasn't in the third one. Um, they, for the second one, they made it a lot lighter. I think they made it out of fiberglass or something like that. And I don't understand why they didn't do that to begin with. You know, they had to get a, yeah. they had to get a professional, world famous mime in to coach him for moving as RoboCop. Let that concept sink in, folks. World famous mimes. Those exist apparently. <laughs> They live and they walk among us. They're famous, they have but they human go rights. Well, they'd be famous within the industry because that does sound like a very important role in anything that involves performance. I'm sorry, mimes. It's just very. You guys are really easy targets because you know you, you can't speak or fight back or plead your case. So you know this is a very anti-mime podcast. The hell's gone into you? Do you have some bad experiences? Look, I just don't like how they. You know, I just black and white on everything all right yeah there's some nuance in life guys come on uh it's i mean i think we might have got on a tangent for longer than the actual segment on that movie um the, the Back next to one coming up no <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the next uh, one we got off uh, bleh, bleh, it, it's it's you've spread it it's it's it's, uh, it's getting me I've, you're giving me your brain worms <laughs> brain worms <laughs> the that's going to be really fun uh, the next um, concept we're talking about is the original script for Godzilla vs. Biollante, which was written by Shinichiro Kobayashi, who was not a screenwriter. He was a dentist. He has a knack for causing pain. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I wondered how long it would take before one of us made that reference. Oh, yeah, come was... on. This is definitely a big old little shop of horrors kind of thing. <laughs> written by a dentist about a giant plant. Son, be a dentist. I genuinely love that song so much it's it's so catchy it's one of the only times i've seen steve martin not not that steve martin with he's got he's got black hair in that movie hasn't he i think so, so yeah long since I've seen it. yeah oh, yeah no, was that was that steve martin yeah that was steve martin I thought he would have been not that steve martin you would have thought so yeah I, i'm, I'm going to martin imdb i'm, I'm defo this is the new yeah it is a musical one isn't it yeah 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 with rick moranis no way surely martin yeah. would have been was he? Did he have a lot of makeup? I thought it was a much younger man in that role. I don't think Steve Martin is as old as you think he is. How old? I'm on his IMDb. The man is born in forty-five. Man. And Little Chop of Horrors was eighties, right? So forty. Yeah, 45, he would have been approaching 50, middle 50, age. 60, 65. Some people age pre-grace. Hmm. I don't think that was him. I. Look, I'm okay. I'm going to look it up because we're recording this, and I'm not. Either I'm going to prove myself we're right. We're having an IMDb fight. Yeah, look. Either I'm going to prove myself right or correct myself. I'm not letting 86. this go uncontested. Eighty-six. There is no way that was Steve Martin. Little shop of horrors, nineteen eighty-six. Let's have a look. See. Oh no, you are actually I'm, correct. Yes, I'm looking at. Yes. Okay, I'm looking at this now. Okay, yeah, I can now tell. Yeah, that's him. Get Ben. Just. He's he's wearing makeup or something. He does not look like a forty-year-old man. He does not uh, maybe, look forty-one years old in that. Maybe he just aged. I don't know. But yeah, no. Uh, getting back to my original point, uh, Steve Martin with with non-grey hair is the first time I've seen him like that in that movie. It's nothing important and it has no relevance to anything really. But 
This is my podcast. I can say whatever the hell I want. Mm. Wow. Like yeah. Okay. That was one hell of a banger. Um, okay. And we were talking about the cancelled Pulgasari sequel, right? No. Stop doing this to me. Stop gaslighting me. I'm triggering the good old fashioned PTSD. Pulgasari trauma syndrome Dis- disorder. <laughs> Ah, uh, nothing says friendship like exploiting people's traumas. <laughs> so I think we all know how Versus Bailante came to be. Toho has done this a few times, where they've just put out like a uh, an open call for a competition. Like, yeah, give us your ideas and we, we'll probably pay you a little bit for them, but we'll own them completely. Uh, they did that for J- Jaguar, definitely. And I, they they never really stick to the plan because J- Jaguar was meant to be the hero, like the 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 main character, the only kind of main hero of that story. And they're like, oh, yeah, this might not do so good. Um, <laughs> you got to shoehorn Godzilla. What, what big what big star do we have? Oh yeah, yeah Godzilla. It's like when Disney try to make a Spider Man movie and they have to shoehorn Iron Man in somehow just because they're not confident he can carry a movie. <laughs> um, yeah, it. So they did that for um, versus Bailante. They put a, a, an open thing out, like, "Yeah, if you think you got a good idea for a movie, uh, we clearly don't. So uh, give a gimme." And uh, this this dentist guy was like, "Yeah, hey, what, what if a plant had loads of teeth? Wouldn't that be scary?" And then he submitted it, and he, he won. Funnily enough, though, uh, like one of the uh, one of the other concepts that was given to them also was kind of implemented. So I mean, I guess everyone's a winner because the. Um, Everything with G-Cells in that movie isn't from Shinichiro's uh, concept. That was all from some other script. It's got a pretty similar setup to the uh, the one we got. Um, you've got a scientist who loses his daughter and feels that the best coping mechanism is to tamper in God's domain. And he first makes Deutalios, who is gets killed and eaten by Godzilla. He then makes Bailante because, hey, you know, it worked so well the first time why not commit a crime against nature and man again? And um, this is one bit that I'd love to see. A reporter kind of goes to see him, and she has like this psychic flash of humanoid flowers, and that just sounds really messed up, and I really want to see it. Man, that's, that, does, that does sound cool. The vision mm. of humanoid flowers kind of reminds me a bit of Matango, which I still really need yes, to watch. Yes, yes, yes. I want to see Matango too. It's been one of those ones... Like, there's loads of the old non-Godzilla Toho sci-fi films that just aren't that widely available. Uh, H-Man and um, oh, what did I say? Was it Battle in Outer Space is coming out in, on Blu-ray here, by um, being brought up by Eureka. So I've got those pre-ordered. Mothra is coming out. Got that pre-ordered even though I've got the US release. It's got different special features, so I'm a slut for special features. Warning from Space, um, not Toho, that was Dae, I think, uh, is coming out as well. So we're getting some good ones. But I just wish we had more. I want, I want to see, I want to see Latitude Zero and Atragon. I really want to see Atragon. Actually, I really. Apparently, that apparently the original book for that is really nationalistic, though. Really? Well, oh, you like like heavily nationalistic. Like they toned it down a, in the movie. Um, Yamato reference, I guess. Uh, ooh, actually, it might have been. Yeah. I, again, I haven't read the book. Apparently, there's like a, a an English translation on Amazon somewhere. Uh, I just ooh. I just like Manda and the Katengo. I just I just really like the Katengo. There was an anime um, for it as well. It's like a super Atragon. I'm so glad that these things were mentioned in later Godzilla films as kind of like just uh, it's just a nice reference. Like Final Wars, they yes. mentioned Gorath, and they mentioned uh, they they had the Gotengo. 
in as yes. part of it. They still um, showed some really nice nods to other. Even Toho better, they properties. had the original Gotengo, and then they had the updated Gotengo, like after the flashback at the beginning of the movie, which is. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I just really like the Gotengo, and I like saying Gotengo, and I don't for sure know if I'm mispronouncing it because it's been a while since I've heard someone else, someone Japanese, say Gotengo. So Gotengo. Uh, we were talking about something else other than um, whatever I was talking about for a while. Uh, Paul Gasparri. Uh, yeah. No. Um, I think the director later went on to make a was it an American version of it? And yeah. Oh shoot, the name the name is completely lost on me. It was like a European fantasy kind of Galgameth. thing. Galgameth. Galgameth. Yes. Okay. And Isn't that the so bad we definitely guy from need Smurfs? to watch that. Wait, what? That that sounds like the bad guy from Smurfs. Now that I think about it, wasn't it? What was he called? It does. That was. Yeah. Hmm. What What did he want to do with the Smurf skin? Did he want to eat them or something? I think he just wanted the Smurf berries. You know who would have made a great version of Gargamel? Gilbert Gottfried. Did he look like? Yeah, Gargamel. Yeah. Did he Did he look like him? I mean, his voice is perfect for loads of different kinds of characters. Well, we could give him a bunch of makeup. You know, he's got you the see, sexiest voice in the world. I'd love to hear him read Fifty Shades of Grey. I wish I could do a good Gilbert Gottfried impression, but I just cannot. And I know that any attempt I would ever make would just be horrendously humiliating for everyone involved. So I will spare you that. I think my uh, Jeff okay, Goldblum imagine impression this. from a few episodes ago H- was here's, bad enough. Uh, okay, here's a hypothetical scenario. A genie comes up to you and says that they will make this podcast the biggest thing. We will become world famous. On the proviso that whenever you're going to be doing any pillow talk with your lover in the middle of the night, it will not come out as a whisper or anything. It will be a loud Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> sort of hack. That genie has a lot of faith in me. <laughs> it would just just anything, even the most romantic thing, would then be a completely terrifying. I'd take him up on it because that would be hilarious. You're setting me up perfectly to do a stupid Gilbert Gottfried impression, but I just can't because I know I can't do it. I can smell your... No. Um, yeah, you, you, do you see? It's yeah, hard to it's do. Yeah, it's going to need more gravel. I, he's just got one of those voices uh, that I've never heard anyone else have one except for people doing impressions of him, like Christopher Walken. What is that accent? I do not know, but it simply is. <laughs> As a fun little addendum to our um, Godzilla vs. Biollante discussion, I actually named my pet rat Deutalios. I'm yeah, that guy. Cute little guy. Bit my finger. Dead as well. He's very dead now. Rats are prone to cancer. Who would have known? Very, very prone to cancer. He's up there with Billy now. So, back to Biollante. That's basically it. Like the, the climax was apparently meant to be pretty similar, except Biollante, instead of... Okay, so in at the end of Biolante, she either ascends to a higher plane of existence or goes into space. Because at the Is end this of the actual the ending film, of Mass Effect Three, <laughs> so at the end of the actual film, she just kind of ascends. And I, after watching that, would just assume like, yeah, she's just kind of she, she's ascended to heaven. She's no longer tied to this horrible, horrible body she was cursed with. But then in Space Godzilla, they're like, yeah, um, so somehow we got some Godzilla stuff in space. It's either from Mothra or Biolante. I mean. That's the only way Someone's it can be, right? been carrying his seed. Ultimately, then, the only difference is that in the beginning, instead of big old rose, it should have been initially giant rat monster. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think we all lost out. I like giant rats and normal-sized rats. Speaking of, uh, giant rats seem to be kind of cursed in Toku because um, before Gamera was the thing, they were going to make a um, a film called Nezula, uh, which was going to feature a swarm of big rats. Funnily enough, uh, they realised that stop motion or suits were crap for portraying rats. So do you want to know what oh they did? Oh my god, I would. Do I you would love to, to see a bunch want of to men know? dressed up as rats no, scurrying along? No, it gets better. Do you want to know what they did? They went out and got, and they caught wild rats. They caught wild, disease, horrible, nasty, and this is coming from someone who loves rats, rats, and kept them in the studio. They did not this make 1984. this. This is 1984. They did not make this movie because the health department was tipped off by people in the area who were like, yeah, uh, this film company has got a horde of rats <laughs> they are in the process of making a colossal rat king they're making a rat god and so they should wow. they they are actually remaking this movie they are making it it's meant to come out like this year or next year with real so rats i hope so i hope to god so but yeah um so giant rats surely that would just they're be radical rats and those are cute yeah teenage mutant ninja Turtles would be so much different if splinter was a uh, capybara man well, not really. You just want to have the big tail. Oh, yeah. Capybaras don't have big tails, do they? No, they're just like big tailless rats who are pretty chill. Like, I thought they were more chill. like uh, guinea pigs. Yeah. I mean, they're rodents either way. Uh, yeah, another difference um, for Bailante. We, we, need to keep, we need to keep on topic. Um, hey, you chose this subject. You chose the I last know. subject, but we hey, somehow look, can't I, keep a hold of it. I, I, I'm, I'm having fun. Passionately I'm, devoted I'm engaged. To this. I like it. I'm. I, I'm happy right now. I'm not miserable. It's just there are so many other things that we could we can force people to listen to us talk about. Anyway, oh, yeah, my, definitely. before I forget I my point. I have an excuse. I should have been on the plane by now. Let's see. Yeah, two more hours till I'm in Orlando. I would have been absolutely knackered because it would have been 10 o'clock in the UK, 5pm in the US. I'd have gone to bed early, gotten up super early and you know went off to Animal Kingdom. I'd be, I'd be in Pandora. And no, I'm here talking about Godzilla versus Pulgasari. Who's now, that leader been cool. of the club is great for you and me. G O D Z I L L I A. I didn't really think that one through, but yeah, back to Godzilla. Biolante was going to die because she succumbed to her mutations. I finally said it. She was going to die because she got <laughs> super robot, wait, super robot monkey team hyperforce go. I had to get that out of my system. Super monster cancer stuff I, whenever I say super I always have to follow it with super robot monkey team hyperforce go I didn't even watch that cartoon it's just that <laughs> that title is lodged in my brain also the main character looks like a cyborg 009 character which is neat I think Ah, yeah got that big old Ishinomori scarf I think we should bring those scarves back just as a fashion item oh Long very scarves. impractical though so as Edna Mode would say no capes not that would extend to scarves. scarves. You get that stuck in a wind turbine. If Joe from Cyborg 009 gets stuck to a jet turbine, the turbine's going to get bust. Same with Kamen Rider. Look, Kamen Rider 1 and 2 both tank nukes in like it's the still second an episode of V3. It's an inconvenience for sure, but their entire also existence... Also an inconvenience to society. Their, their entire existence In that case, rather than one person getting minced in a plane while these passengers survive, now you've got some great big cyborg blokes surviving it, taking out the wing of an airplane, then you've got, what, a couple hundred dead bodies now? It saved them somehow. I just like long scarves, alright? I think the biggest mistake we made as a society in terms of fashion is abandoning things like long scarves and cloaks. 
don't think cloaks have been popular for a very long time. The only exception would be, I guess, for nurses <laughs> You're in proving the early my point. 20th century. And we just, things haven't been the same since. Look look where we are now, and look where we are we were then, all right? Nobody wears hats anymore. Yeah, except for, you know, fedora tippers. Except for MAGA hats. Milady. Yeah, there are only two types of hat wearers now. <laughs> Uh, fedoras slash trilbies and MAGA hats. Uh, the uh, the next one up is Godzilla's counterattack, which is a, a weird one. It's a massive kind of departure from usual. So, so I'll give you a quick rundown of the synopsis. Uh, so, after disappearing at the end of Zeta Godzilla, um, Godzilla returns in Godzilla's counterattack to um, take charge of Neo Zeon. And he, he basically wants to destroy Earth and force all of humanity to immigrate into space because our souls are weighed down by gravity. Um, it's, it's a weird choice. Uh, no, well, it's Godzilla's counterattack. I mean, there's only one movie with counterattack in the subtitle, so, you know, we figure it's that one, right? Is it? Unfortunately, it's nothing quite so fun as Godzilla versus, I mean, who, who would take Amaro's place in that gag? I don't know. Uh, the main plot is for that is way worse than anything I was describing. Um, it's fan- it's fantastic voyage, but with Godzilla. That's it. So Godzilla is implanted with this thing by terrorists, and it makes him makes him the big mad, and he turns into Red Godzilla, and people get shrunk down microscopically to go into his body and fix him. Wow. Okay. Yeah. What was the yeah. film? Because there are various films that have that I that. I know one of them is starring Robert Picardo. Was it Inner Space? Yes, yeah, Inner Space was one. Of course, I get points for referencing Fantastic Voyage, so, you know, it's alright. Went right over my head with that one. Ha, finally, I'm the cultured one. <laughs> I'm not, Fantastic Voyage isn't that cultured. It, it, yeah, no, it's basically that. You get shrunk down, you go in someone's body. Uh, so, yeah, the, the only time they ever revisit that kind of concept is in GMK. Where he doesn't get shrunk down, he just gets swallowed, and then he just blasts his way out through Godzilla's neck. That's pretty metal. Oh yeah, that's probably one of the best ways Godzilla's been defeated. Uh, another, another concept that get, got revisited was Red Godzilla was reworked into Burning Godzilla. So you got the whole kind of ticking time bomb thing with Godzilla being out of whack that needs to be addressed. Of course, they don't actually fix Burning Godzilla, they just kind of try, I guess. They try and make him a bit chilly. Yeah, no, I just... I only included that because I wanted to do my Shah's counterattack gag. It's it's really it's it's really not remarkable beyond that point. I was just reading through the list of ones and I said, like, "Oh, Godzilla's counterattack. I like Gundam and I like Godzilla. Let's combine these two loves of mine." Congratulations, you made a reference that is both tenuous and obscure. You win. Shah's counterattack is famous. It's it's not a good movie, but it's a fun movie. It's got a good theme song. One of these days, I'll make you watch it. Now the uh, the final film we've got on the list before we uh, we tackle he who must not be named is Ghost Godzilla. Ghost Godzilla is just that's a bizarre one to me. That was um, that was planned to come out in like 1995. Uh, it was created by Shogo Tomiyama, who was the producer for Versus Bailante, King Ghidorah, the Rebirth trilogy, and was the fourth president of the Toho Clan. I mean, company. I've I've been playing Yakuza a lot, and it just whenever someone's president of something, I just like to imagine text appearing in front of them, like boom, boom, and it goes grayscale a bit. 
Of all the scrapped Godzilla concepts, this seems like the strangest in premise. I mean, a few oh, elements of it. Oh, was Batman vs. Cause... Godzilla grounded and oh, realistic? Well, for you. that was fine because I like, hey guys, crossovers are big. For this one, okay, I can see how maybe a few elements may have been skewed and adapted into, say, a bit of GMK with the premise of Godzilla, but this one is just and the key strange. Because the whole, you know, Godzilla possession thing, that was. They did that in, with the Kiryu films. It's got a lot in common with um, Versus Destroyer, to be honest, which is weird. So the, the, the plot basically is that after Godzilla got, you know... What happened to him with the Oxygen Destroyer? Did it, va- did it vaporize him? Did it dissolve him? It, it killed him. After he got killed, his immortal soul was left behind. That's right, Godzilla has a soul. Godzilla gets to go to heaven or hell. Catholics... This is getting very metaphysical. Yeah, so Godzilla, um, it took him like decades to reform his his soul, and after that, some some strange things are afoot in Tokyo. Like <laughs> rivers run backwards, buildings get destroyed on their own. No one can see what's doing these things. Uh, it's just this this invisible ghost, giant ghost, by the way, big 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 old ghost. Um, and then he he comes across. Godzilla Jr. and possesses him and warps him into like his his own image, and then he he wants to. Well, that's weird. Oh yeah, really weird. And then he decides that he wants to reenact his revenge on humanity and continue his rampage. And then he comes across uh, the second Godzilla, like the main Heisei Godzilla, and he changes. This is this is how Toho Kingdom words it, and presumably they got this from like a, a book that lists all these things. So I'm going to take their word for it that. Ghost Godzilla's plan upon learning of the second Godzilla is to possess him and become a god of destruction. Okay. Well, that's Japan. That's definitely Japan. Now, I love the original Godzilla, so I really hate this as a concept because I do not like at least the original Godzilla being portrayed as being evil. I really don't like that. This was a, a major thing with Ishiro Honda as well that Godzilla isn't evil. Monsters in general, unless they're like King Ghidorah, aren't really evil. They're just incompatible with the world that we have crafted. When will men learn? When will man learn indeed? And so Godzilla, part of Godzilla's strength I find in the original film is that he's just as much of a victim as you know the people who were directly affected by the atom bombs. And so having Godzilla turn up, that particular Godzilla specifically turn up as a villain in another one, I really don't like, which is why I like the Kiryu one so much, because um, apart from his initial rampage when he's kind of returned to the land of the living, uh, he's quite neutral on things. Like, he, he's, yeah, the, the spirit of Godzilla that possesses Kiryu is actually pretty decent. Like, he, he, mm. he allows his me- mechanic who was inside him at the time to escape, that kind of thing. I much prefer that as a ghost Godzilla to what we could have gotten in 1995. So the aim for this movie was uh, they they got Tomoyuki Tanaka's permission for this. Like they went to him and like the dude is dying, and they're like, "Hey, hey, Mr. Tanaka, uh, can we bother you about a film while you're on your deathbed, please?" And he's like, "Yeah, we want to kill Godzilla. Is that cool with you?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, it could be cool. It'd be a pretty good idea. Go on, go on, kill him." Well, those uh, his last so what... words. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, pretty good idea. Dead. Yeah. Uh, so basically, what they wanted to do is they wanted to 
because Tanaka said that um, he wanted he was okay with them killing Godzilla because it wouldn't be the end; it would lead to something new. So they wanted to do that. They also wanted to give Godzilla a good send off and create a film that would resonate with audiences the way that the original did, which I think is incredibly misguided. Like the original Godzilla was lightning in a bottle, and there is no mm. way that you can go out of your way to do that. I prefer what we got. Because this concept obviously was reworked into Godzilla vs. Destroyer. Uh, and I much prefer the idea that the um, super weapon used to destroy the original Godzilla as a mirror of Godzilla being created by a real-world super weapon in turn created its own monster, which went on its own rampage in a similar way. It, 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 you know, it's a nice echo of um, Dr. Serizawa's concerns for what his incomplete oxygen research would accomplish in the wrong hands that being leading to atrocities akin to Godzilla and stuff like that it, it, it works you know to quote a great man it's, it's, it's sort of like poetry it rhymes <laughs> of course you can make a George Lucas reference you can just drag that into anywhere that's little Godzilla he's the he's key to all of this oh George you big beautiful man please take Star Wars back we need you oh yeah please it's not been the same I'll, since. I'll, I'll, I'll live with all the midichlorians references. I don't mind. Yeah, we didn't know how good we had it. So now that we've gone through our kind of cherry-picked list of cancelled Godzilla concepts that they could have used but didn't for whatever reason, it's time. It's time to oh, utter no. his, his, his uh, fell name. I've been saying fell a lot in these episodes. I only ever say it in these episodes. I'm sure I've said fell at least once an episode. Anyway, uh, it's time to talk about... Would you like about... a thesaurus? Look, it makes me sound smart when I say fell, alright? It sounds archaic. But without further ado, it's it's bagan time. Bagan. Bagan. We're talking about bagan. You know who's coming? Anytime yes. someone talks about anything related to Godzilla having been cancelled, it's Somehow bagan. he always pops up. It's oh, just what's that? there. He was pr- only mainly there through a bit of concept art and something on a CD-ROM. And yet, he has permeated the tokusatsu community it's incredible rex you're absolutely 100 percent wrong you see the story of bagan goes back to 1978 oh Ooh, we're going down a rabbit hole boyo i looked this up he, he okay so he was originally called bakan and uh we're coming back to tomoyuki tanaka uh it was going to be he was going to be in a film called uh hang on yamatai kingdom and what that's about is really unimportant because no one no one cares I don't care enough to make it, but it would have featured a shape-shifting monster called Bakan. Oh, and... I remember seeing that mock-up art. Yep, and he would have had three forms, like a, an air, land, and sea form, and then they didn't make that, and so it was going to come back in another film, and then they gave him like a fourth kind of totem pole-style design, which I think was used, because there was rumors of like Godzilla versus Satan, and that was used a lot, so you got like a, a fish lower legs and stuff like that whatever that was a thing and then when they were going to make a film called uh, resurrection of godzilla and they they took uh, tomoyuki tanaka took the bakan concept off the shelf and reworked into bagan so they when they were working on this they thought you know hang about if, if we're if we're giving him three forms this is a bit this is a lot of hard work let's just give him one form loads of different powers and so they did. He was going to, uh, after they cancelled Resurrection of Godzilla, and therefore Bagan's... I, I looked up how to pronounce it, I'm pretty sure it's Bagan. It doesn't sound right. 
I, I don't sound right saying Bagan's name in any con- in any any context, which just, may be part of his curse. If you say it as a Japanese person, it would make more sense. Uh, so Bag, the big, the big names B. always sound weird though when mentioned in English. It's not really relevant to us because it's well, we're not the target audience for this kind of thing. Yeah, a lot of people pronounce Godzilla like Godzilla with like an er on the end. This is a whole I other thought those people fish. only existed in Showa dubs. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the big B, so I'm calling him B- Biggie Smalls, um, was then booked for a uh, Mothra movie because um, they were like, yeah, Mothra's pretty big. Let's make a Mothra movie. Sounds like a good idea. And uh, yeah, they cancelled that because Versus Violante did terribly, which is a shame because it was a pretty decent idea. So basically, the, the the rough plot for that one would have been that um, ba- Bagan was going to be like this evil ancient god to counterbalance Mothra's benevolent goddess thing. And he's going to be released from his tomb in the Himalayas and go on a rampage and Mothra would fight him. And it'd be like a typical Mothra film, like the, the fairies would be kidnapped. Basically, you can you can take um, you know, Battle for Planet Earth, you know, the, the 90s, Mothra versus Godzilla, and replace, get rid of Batra, Replace Godzilla with Bagan, and it would probably be pretty similar to that film. Like Mothra, wow. Mothra even dies the same way Batra does, and seals Godzilla away as well. So they didn't make that. There was going to be a sequel where Godzilla was going to be introduced to the same continuity. He was going to cross over, and Bagan was going to be a monster used by aliens to invade Earth. Why a can't very, I escape, Yongeri? <laughs> oh God, you're right. Um, but yeah, they they cancelled all of those projects because versus Bailante didn't do very well, and so they made Godzilla versus um, King Ghidorah because everyone loves King Ghidorah. Oh come on! I was really glad to see that come back in a Heisei way. I mean, the premise was a bit daft, but you gotta love yourself some Ghidorah. See, I'm just watching for M11. Thanks, my boss. Oh yeah. Did I show that trailer for a fan film someone made? Where it was Jet Jaguar and M11, and they got the actual actor for M11 to play like an old oh, yeah. M11. That's sick as hell. And I think the, the fan film was just like a mock trailer. I, I want the full thing. I want it so badly. And I'm so happy they got the original actor for him. It's it's, it's wonderful. That was really cool. Yeah, they they so Bagan's curse is just to be continually replaced, and then for the movie he's replaced in to just never be made. Like um. <laughs> they, they were going to do in Godzilla vs. Mothra, they were going to have Gigamoth instead. Because, like, Bagan was going to be in that, and then they replaced him with Gigamoth, and they replaced Gigamoth with Batra. Like, the first uh, time he actually Bagan, appeared. The designated placeholder monster. Yeah. Like the, the only time he's ever. The first time he ever actually appeared in something was Super Godzilla as the final boss. I mean, that, that that's a bit low. Like, you've been slated for so many films. You know, Tomoyuki Tanaka is constantly pushing for you, and you get to appear in, like, a, a shuffleware SNES game. Congrats, Bagan. Oh. You did it. It was all. It was then meant to be in um, Yamato Takiru 2, uh, where he would fight alongside Oroki in that one. That whole movie didn't get made, so, you know, no Bagan. Uh, he, Tomuki Tanaka loved the idea of Bagan so much that people nicknamed him Tanaka's Demon Child. Wow. Yeah, Tanaka just really liked Bagan. I can't help but say Bagan, uh, like, aggressively. It's just something about how it comes out of my mouth, like, Bagan. 
I hate this. I hate his name you so know, much. It's so, gonna, you know, it sucks. B-worded. Yeah, it was meant to be. Yeah, Godzilla Three was one I mentioned earlier. That was cancelled. They were good. Yeah, it's just everything. Everything he's meant to be in is cancelled. Like the only other time he has appeared was in that kind of studio tour game that came out in the nineties. Like he at least appeared. He has a pretty decent render in that. The design isn't bad. I don't get why he they put him in there. Like I mean, Bagan. Every time a new movie is coming out, you, there's always going to be one jackass. Like, oh, Bagan confirmed. Or, oh, look, have you, have you seen this? I, I'm, <laughs> I know it's become a joke now, but I, it, it started off genuinely. I hope Bagan never, comes, never appears in the film. Not because I hate him. I don't particularly like the idea of the character or anything like that. But I think that Bagan actually being in a film would ruin it now. Bagan's identity mm. is tied so much in never appearing in anything of, of merit that to have him appear in something would just be so disappointing. A brief cameo or nod would be fine. A brief nod, sure, but not even a cameo. I don't. I do not want to see this man. I know. I do not want to see him. I don't want him anywhere near me. No, because it would ruin the joke. Then, I mean, I've made my uh, opinion on Bag Bagan pretty clear what about you rexy what do you reckon i'm completely neutral about this one you i just boring like man. okay i mean if it was a thing that was made it would have just had a bit of trivia attached to it if we get a bagan in future i'm like oh that's cool i mean uh yeah it would just just be i i have no i've no extreme views for or against any of these films get down off that fence and take a side you filthy centrist no, I'm on a nice big tall fence. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, it would have been cool if they were made. I mean, I can see why they wouldn't, or if it's just a concept. I mean, if you make a, a gag about, hey guys, what if we crossed over Batman with Godzilla? And five decades later, there are two paragraphs on Toho Kingdom about it. Yep, that's your legacy, guys. You did it. Well You've gone done. down in the annals of history. The most, the most respected <laughs> archive of knowledge, Toho Kingdom. So after uh, giving Bagan more attention than I think the studio ever did consistently, uh, I think that kind of brings us up to the end of this discussion on cancel Godzilla concepts. Now this is a con this is this is a concept that will not be cancelled because this episode is going to be out by hook or by crook. Uh, but it's also one that I would quite like to revisit in the future because there's plenty we left out. If you guys are interested, by all means, let us know. Uh, it, it, it's good fun reading about all these things that just will never be also it's just a nice excuse to you know go back to Toho Kingdom because after absorbing all that information it's nice to just go back and you know have a little browse see what's changed it was a blast from the past now uh, before I forget I was about to forget we uh, that we got our uh, new little section we got going on that we introduced last episode get me into it <laughs> and I'm feeling a lot less confident after that little little chuckle of yours. That's uh, that's instilled me with nothing approaching confidence right now. But it is your turn to get me into it, so uh, get me into it. For those who have not heard the previous episode, we have decided upon a little game to play at the end of each recording, where we try and get each other into something. My initial idea was, you know, we can keep it weeby, it can be a manga, it can be an anime, it can be something tokusatsu. 
but my colleague here decided to go for Western literature, and Look, this week I, will be no I exception. Take every opportunity I can to force my interests onto you. All right, I will not rest until we are exactly the same kind of person. I do, but you, you, you mentioned, <sighs> but you've never read Pratchett. You have never read Pratchett. That on, astonishes Look, me. We, we, we've established this. You don't need to publicly lampoon me for this. I will crucify you for you never having read Pratchett. That's fine. I, I, I recognise that I deserve it. But on the podcast... I mean, my, if you're going to insist family listens on to this. not reading Pratchett, the only thing I'm going to get you into is a coffin. Holy moly. So before I die, why, why don't you get me into uh, whatever it is you'd like to get me into? Excellent. In this case, it is the book by Barry Huart called Bridge of Birds. Or, more specifically, it's part of a trilogy called The Chronicles of Master Lee and Number 10 Ox. Hang on. No, no, no. You've... Okay, this is ringing. Uh, this is ringing ten types of bells. You have absolutely. I may have mentioned this a few times told before. Me about yeah. this. Yes. Okay. Cool. Uh, I do not remember anything other than the title. Uh, regale me, kind sir. Well, I was going to lament the fact that it's a trilogy because, due to contractual issues with the publisher, uh, Barry stopped after the third one. It would have been a nice long collection of stories, and the three books that we've got. Uh, oh, well, the first one is an absolute stunner. There's a noticeable decline in quality through the rest, but it's fantastic. So the premise is Holmes and Watson. So it's a Sherlock Holmes tale written from uh, this book's Watson, but it's in a fictionalised version of ancient China. Again, this is ringing a bell. I'm, I'm down to clown. Bridge of Birds starts out with our equivalent of Watson, who in this case is known as Number 10 Ox, because he is the tenth child in his family, and he is absolutely jacked. He's in, I think, his late teens, early twenties, so stereotypical young, big-bodied peasant boy, basically, in rural China. And his village is affected by this bizarre plague, they think it's a plague anyway, uh, that affects children of a certain age, and they're stuck in a coma, and so he's sent out by the village elder to try and find a wise man to resolve the issue. So he's sent out to the big city, goes from door to door, trying to find someone who can resolve the issue. But they always charge way too much. He has a bunch of money from the village, but they just look at him and sneer. The servants of um, all the wise men just say, go away, you're too poor. Until he eventually glances upon this one house. Now, the wise men would normally have images of open eyes above their doors to indicate, I see all things. This one, a half-closed eye. He goes in and finds this absolutely ancient old man, over a century old, passed out drunk. And so what he does is he <laughs> he tries to wake up this wise man with some reverence, and he's basically told to get him more wine. And that's what he does. He uses the money from the village, gets some wine, gets a bit of food as well, and just, yeah, just gives this drunk old man more booze. Then he sobers up a little. And that's how the adventures start, because you now meet Master Lee Cow, who is... It's, it's really hard to explain, because he's such a very well-written character. So wise old man, very sort of witty and quirky, a very well-written foil to the point of view of Ox, who is just... Well, he's he's strong. He knows he's not very clever, so he just witnesses this amazing, clever man. And the parallel is there because Master Lee tends to ride on Ox's shoulders. 
just little old men, and <laughs> it's really cool. And then basically what starts out as trying to solve a plague then turns into them getting caught into some ancient Chinese myth of a captured demigoddess and all these sorts of things that get, keep on getting stuck in these fantasy death traps all just to obtain the MacGuffin that will cure the children. And they are pretty much caused by fate to resolve this massive fantasy issue of a stolen godly princess. And it's just a really, really good read. The ending makes me cry. It's comedically written, but it knows how to play it serious at times. And also, I think you'd appreciate it because, well, the first book anyway, is a perfect example of brevity. The writing style packs so much detail into such short chapters that you finish one and think, hang on, this has only been a few pages. I'm glad you took my uh, very low uh, attention span into consideration there, my man. Now, I I'm 100% certain that you've told me about this before. I definitely remember this. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm down to, uh, you, you sold me on it. I, you mentioned oh, that yeah, you've got, got a comment. I'll have to send this, you. Right? It comes with the first one, which is amazing. It's this wonderful, Sick. heartwarming adventure story. And it's great, it's funny, um, you can cry at times. It also comes with the sequels, which, okay, there are, yeah, there's just a serious declining quality, but there are some really good scenes. Like, in the third one, they are infiltrating this one castle of this duke, and Ox, because he's big and strong, I think, yeah, they're part of a, a travelling circus kind of thing, working alongside this famous puppeteer and his shamanka daughter, and so Ox is doing his thing, Master Lee is being the usual snake oil salesman, salesman kind of guy, and Ox is you're just doing a standard strongman, so putting on a show, saying, any villager can fight me, and so the Duke smirks... <laughs> Ah, yeah. so he was a strong man at <laughs> their service. And so the Duke smirks and then sends in this oh, little person, this sort of dwarf-sized human being, who is then later on realized to be the Duke's, what's the term, consort. And basically, Ox ends up fighting him and thinks he has him in a grapple, then he realises, as he rips some clothes off, that the little guy is completely oiled all the way through, and he ends up being pinned by this tiny, muscular guy who exists as the Duke's... Uh, what's, the, what's the term? What's the term for courtesan? I, I, I don't think the word you're looking for is <laughs> it, it, it gets Unless kind of... To be honest, that that's about as dirty as it gets, but um, this is where the weird thing comes in. So basically, they're trying to steal something from the Duke's house, and it, they enter the Duke's bedroom, find a secret room, and who is hiding in there but the oiled-up sex dwarf? Oh, then the term you absolutely yeah, were looking for was, was And basically, yes. they... Are you, are you trying to sell <laughs> me a tingle like And this is where it turns into a demented D&D &D session, where they end up killing him, then they have to hide the body... And there also happens to be a grand what? banquet that night. So, yeah. No. I, what Master this Lee is going in a direction that I don't like. Is to, is to help prepare the banquet. No. Yeah. Um, it, it oh, is, no. Your reaction is completely 100% the reaction of Ox. Because it's written from his point of view. And he is disgusted and terrified at what is going on. And... It's just really bizarre. Um, the later stories, 
okay, yeah, I probably couldn't get you into those, but they're still kind of cool if you're like, you know what, I fancy more of what happened in Bridge of Birds. They aren't as fun or engaging, but you're just like, yeah, okay. You, you can always return to the first book afterward. But they are... The first book, Bridge of Birds, is so fun. It's wonderful. I would recommend anyone listening to this to give it a read. It's not massively steeped in Chinese history, but it just uses it as a backdrop for it because it, it's kind of a, an environment where it's well it's better than say the stereotypical medieval style so if you're in the west and reading it you're like okay yeah they can take some liberties with the source material you see guys we have more respectable hobbies than just watching tokusatsu yeah we like we're literate take too. that critics oh, actually watching taku involves a lot of reading anyway kind of, kind of subtitles. not me i'm a dubs man you sick sick <laughs> Horror. Oh. So I've been thoroughly uh, gotten into this uh, recommendation of yours. That when you have the opportunity, shoot that ebook my way. I'll uh, give that a read. It'll give me something to do on the commute into work. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this episode. Uh, like I said earlier, if you liked this uh, this, this episode idea, let us know. Uh, I personally would love to do more because I I barely touched on Gigamoth, and for some reason I kind of like Gigamoth. So. Give me an excuse to talk about Gigamoth some more, boys. There, there isn't really any, there isn't really many contexts in which Gigamoth is relevant. To You're the just conversation trying to fit as happens. many mentions of the word Gigamoth. Gigamoth in, aren't you? Look, how many opportunities do you think I have to say just Gigamoth? Do what I do and say it backwards when trying to record a few songs, and so when people hear it backwards, they just they don't hear satanic stuff. They just hear Gigamoth on repeat. Ah. Uh. So yeah, no, if you want to listen to me talk about Gigamoth, let us know. Just say yeah, yeah. Wanna hear wanna hear Ranger talk about Gigamoth. Leave Rex out. We just want we just want Ranger talking about Gigamoth for like half an hour. You want the Gigamoth special. I'll do it. The Gigamoth holiday special. <laughs> That'll be perfect. Release the Gigamoth cut. <laughs> Damn you, Snyder. When will man learn? Thank you very much, guys, for uh, for watching this. Uh Gigamoth. <laughs>